Welcome to the Vision for the Valley podcast. I am your host, Joseph Velarde. In this podcast, we will discover the gym that is the Lehigh Valley and learn from people from all walks of life. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Vision for the Valley podcast. I'm so excited to have my good friend, Shannon Varco. Shannon, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. And uh, I heard that both of us looked a little older uh, over the last 24 <laughs> hours as we've been using this face app. And, uh, yes. you know, it's it's kind of creepy, right? A uh, little bit. Yeah. A yeah. <laughs> little, little creepy, but hey, a lot, of, a lot of laughter, a lot of joy happening around our offices here at Riverbend as we've been using it. And I wanted just to give a, a moment to just allow you to hear a bit about who Shannon is and, and her background and her story. Shannon and I actually have known each other for a couple of years now. I think we go back in 2015 is when we met. And the Sounds thing, right. Yeah. The thing I appreciate about Shannon is uh, just her ability to think about innovation and entrepreneurship and really helping to think in creative and different ways. So Shannon, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what it is that you're involved in and what it is that you're doing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. You're always so encouraging and I really love being in the same spaces as you. Um, and you're just always such a big cheerleader for me, which mm-hmm. I really appreciate. So that's always fun, especially when, uh, you know, working on my own, it can be important to keep, you know, great people around. So, um, a little bit about me. So I, um, am from the Lehigh Valley originally. I grew up in Schnecksville, uh, and, you know, went to Parkland high school and then ended up, um, as a surprise to myself, staying in the Lehigh Valley, uh, going to Lehigh university. And we're glad you stayed Um, in Lehigh Valley. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a surprise to me all the time that I'm still here, but, um, you know, there's something magic about this place, which you know so well. Mm. So, uh, I ended up going to Lehigh university. I graduated in 2015, uh, with a dual degree in mechanical engineering and product design. And at Lehigh is when I really got interested in entrepreneurship. So, I came up with a product, which I still sell today, and that's what I guess we're talking about a little bit, is uh, my business. And so came up with a children's building toy called Zix Sticks, spelled Z-Y-X Sticks. And it's a open-ended wooden building toy all about you know exploration, learning without instructions, um, using your imagination, but also kind of using your hands. Mm. Um, and going back to the basics when being able to just kind of open-endedly build. Uh, so I came up with that as a student and then ended up staying on to get my master's degree at Lehigh as well. And then at the end of that program launched my business, which I'm now running today. So it's been a crazy few years, but it's very exciting and I really enjoy it. Yeah. No, it's tell us how old you are now. Shane. I'm 26, 26, (laughs) 26 to be 26 again. I just turned 39 on July 10th. So I'm I'm knocking on 40 store day. Thank you so much. Well, I wanted to, to ask you, uh, just even as you're thinking about your journey, because you you actually not only got your master's at Lehigh and started a company, but you are really involved in some of the, the entrepreneurship, innovative uh, aspects of that school. Can you tell us a little bit about what you did there? Yeah, Lehigh has some really amazing programming for students um, when it comes to entrepreneurship, innovation. Um, and I really jumped all in when I found out about it. I I remember so clearly learning about entrepreneurship for the first time. I had heard the word before, um, and I was considering doing a business minor. And somebody was like, you should really check out the entrepreneurship 
kinds of things that we've got going on here. And I remember coming home that day and doing like a funny Google search that was just like entrepreneurship or whatever it was. And, you know, all these kind of hokey articles come up that are like (laughs) the 25 best traits of being an entrepreneur, like top 10, you know like famous entrepreneurs, whatever. And I just started diving into all those lists and I was like, this is me. Like, this is what, you know, it's the leadership stuff that I love. It's the creating new things. It's the, um, solving problems part of, you know, the world. And, and that just all came through in, in some of those somewhat funny articles, but I was just like, where has this been all my life? I'm so excited to jump in. And so, uh, to answer your question at Lehigh, I just jumped into every class I could take every program I could be a part of. I spent the summer working on my idea. Um, and there's just so much opportunity for students, um, when it's really kind of a, a low barrier, um, low risk time of your life. Yeah. You know, you're in college, you're just lo- like, if, if your business doesn't work out, you have the great outcome of learning. Hmm. Um, and so that is something that I credit so much of where I'm at right now to a lot of those programs at Lehigh. Um, and I was fortunate enough to, to work there for a bit after graduating as well. They kind of brought me back in to run some of the programs that I had been a part of as a student. Uh, and that was so much fun to be able to you know, bring the student perspective to the change in the growth of a lot of those programs. And I helped launch a couple of new programs there and really got to, you know, stretch my muscles in like facilitation and teaching and encouraging others uh, to, you know, find that same passion for entrepreneurship that I did. So a couple other just uh, follow-ups to what you just said. Sure. How would you define entrepreneurship for those who are hearing this? Because that's one of the things I realize a lot of people kind of know, but don't know. They they maybe Google it and top, 20, yeah, <laughs> top 25 yeah. <laughs> traits of, of being yeah, an entrepreneur. That's what I did. Yeah. 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 Um, I think there are a lot of different definitions for it. So I think, you know, sometimes we think of it's a person who owns a business and runs a business or mm-hmm. started a business. Um, at Lehigh, especially, and I think this, I really agree with this, is that there's an entrepreneurial mindset. Okay. So it's yeah. not just a person who runs a business or owns a company, but it's the way that you think. And it's really kind of that mindset that you take on. Um, and that's seeing problems as opportunities, hmm. um, you know, really seeing the world as a place to make change that is helpful, um, using your creativity and just kind of that, that way of, like I said, seeing the world, um, through possibility. Mm, So that's that's kind of where I see entrepreneurship lying that, you know, you don't necessarily have to have a startup to be entrepreneurial in some way. Yeah, that's right. I I think that as I, I was thinking about our conversations and one of the things you've said to me several times, which I've really appreciated and added into my own leadership is that the there's obviously the founder part of entrepreneurship, the yeah. the, the person who's going to fa- be the founder of something or who launches something. But I really do believe it is that mindset of seeing problems as opportunities, yeah. coming up with creative solutions, ways in which we can improve uh, a quality of, of life or experience mm-hmm. that may or may not be there, uh, but really having that mindset shift. And I was wanting to to know from you some of the programs that you were a part of at Lehigh. And I know you've told me a little bit yeah. about it. I just want those who are listening to know about some of those programs because I, I thought sure. they were really, really interesting when you were sharing them with me. Yeah. So there are so many different ones um, that come to mind. So one that I was a big part of helping launch was called the Hatchery Program. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a student idea accelerator over the course of the summer. So students work um, on campus 
full time, like an internship, but on their own ideas. And so I was the kind of program manager for that program, um, and helping and, you know, working every day with students, coaching them, bringing mentors in, um, which we should probably talk about the role of mentors, yeah. um, and entrepreneurship is so important, but, um, just encouraging students, you know, kind of a full-time way. A lot of times when you're in college, you're in so many different classes and activities, but it's really a focused opportunity, uh, over the summer to really dive into their own ideas and growing them. And it's in, it's about 10 week program. And from the start of the program, there might be students who come in that don't have an idea yet, but by the end, you know, they're demoing on a table, some kind of startup idea that they've been working on for the past 10, 10 weeks. So it's really an incredible uh, program. And I think the students there are finishing up in the next couple of weeks now, which is kind of fun. So that was a great one. Um, Lehigh also has an incredible program called Lehigh Silicon Valley, which I had the opportunity to be a part of during my junior year as a student. And then on the uh, the team putting that program on the last couple of years. And that's where in January, students get to go out to San Francisco Bay Area and learn from so many incredible people from startup founders to investors, lawyers, you name it. Um, just incredible expertise in kind of this really interesting Q&A style session uh, that really puts the students in charge of the conversation um, and getting out of it what they can. And I've learned a lot from that process, but also from the incredible people that I have notebooks full of things from the times that I was there. So it's yeah, really and awesome one stuff. Of, yeah. One of the things you told me about too is, uh, 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 forgive me if I'm not saying this the right way, but I think it was a program about ideation. I, th- I think that's the, the terminology you used before, sure, and yeah. which really was uh, the ability to to think creatively and to think differently about what it is you're seeing. So there are like yeah. these workshops. Yes. That you so pr- that is an area that I absolutely love. Um, so and that's one of your passions. Yes. I remember us meeting about it. And talking yeah, about it. definitely. So uh, what you're referring to is design thinking. So that's right. okay. um, design thinking is utilized all over the world. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a kind of a five-step process that's seeing those, like we talked about the seeing problems as opportunities concept. So it's five steps, empathy, define, ideate, prototype, test. Um, and that's really about the human at the center also it's also known as human centered design and so it's really focusing on the people that are at the center of any problem mm-hmm. diving really deep into what that problem actually is by talking to people observing people and really focusing on you know what that problem is and having a deep understanding of it before trying to come up with solutions to it. Um, So often we jump right to brainstorming and coming up with solutions, but not focusing on what are we actually trying to solve. Mm. Um, And so that's kind of this really great repeatable process to, again, it's a mindset in a lot of ways. Um, It's a mindset, but also kind of a tool set. And so being able to utilize that as you see opportunities Um, and I'm actually helping out, uh, so that is an area that I do love, um, and love teaching people and facilitating design thinking workshops. Um, and, and I'm continuing to do that, um, in addition to my business right now. So a lot of fun. I'm working with a university in Chicago on developing some new design thinking programming for their school. So really exciting. So tell me again, just cause I think it was really good what you said. Give us the five steps again in that process of design thinking. And and, And if you can, just give a, a a brief description about one yeah. or, or excuse me, a brief description about each one of them. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, design thinking was originally started at, uh, a product development firm called IDEO, mm-hmm. um, and in partnership with the Stanford design school. And so the five steps are empathy, which is understanding 
the person. Uh, so a lot of times we think of empathy as putting yourself in someone else's shoes, but really, really understanding deeply their experience. So everything they're seeing, hearing, feeling as it mm. relates to whatever problem mm. uh, that they're working on. Define is then focusing in on, okay, now we've learned all about this person and what their experience is, but how do we actually define the problem we want to solve? So maybe it starts out as something, but once we learn a couple of really key insights, that problem definition might change. And that really sets you off to the next step, which is ideate, uh, where you actually are kind of coming up with ideas, using creativity to solve that problem that you defined really, really well. Um, and then prototype and test go together. And so that's really where you're coming up with physical or, um, you know, different experiences that showcase what that idea might be. So that could be a lot of times we think of prototypes as, like I said, a physical object. Um, but it could be anything from, you know, setting up tables in an interesting way to show how a process might work, how you might walk through an airport differently or something. Um, so there's a lot of different ways you can prototype, but it goes hand in hand with the last step, which is test. So mm. if you're coming up with a prototype, you want to learn what works with it, what works about it, what doesn't work, um, and how you can then iterate your design and go back um, through those steps over and over again um, as you're learning how that problem might be solved in an interesting way. No, that's really good because I think as you, we talked about design thinking even those steps are, I think are so important as we're going to work with people. And so whether you're a founder or not to have the entrepreneurship mindset, to think like an entrepreneurship mm -hmm. is really to start with empathy. Absolutely. And, and as you yeah. start with empathy, then you be able to, you begin to understand what it is, even that you're seeing from others. Maybe it's something that's happening in an area that you live, or maybe it's even something that's happened in your office environment. Mm -hmm. You know, there's, there's this ongoing issue that's happening. And then you're able to be empathetic when you ask good questions and you lean in and you, yeah. you discover what is happening here. And then that allows you to, to know, like you said, the, the step two is like the, the problem, you mm -hmm. know, what is the problem? Because there's a lot you could do. There's a lot of ways to go, but I think to get specific enough to address the problem because again, yeah. you, you are one person, so you can't do everything. I know that I love to think I can and Shannon as well. Cause oh, I know yeah. <laughs> we are what they call nice type A's, but we're yes. still type A's <laughs> and we think that we can, we can do it all, but that's not true. Yeah. You know, you only have a couple bullets to fire, right. Mm -hmm. To use Jim Collins, you know, a lot of times we, we think that we need to fire cannonballs, but really we need to fire bullets to see what could become that cannonball mm -hmm. and, and to really be able to understand, Hey, what, what does the problem, what is the problem and what do we need to do with it? And that's where the ideas come from. Yeah. And then you can work those ideas. And I like what you said about prototyping and prototyping is really important because versus uh, expending all your resources in it, it gives you even a chance to see what works and what doesn't work. Exactly. I think it's great. You mentioned the resources because it, I mean, a prototype can be a drawing on a piece of paper. Right. It can be, you know, tape and staples and whatever. Um, and it's all about just kind of that really, really, simple way of being able to test out an idea in real life. Um, and like you said, and not having to, you know, go through all of these crazy steps to try it out and then see what it fails. It's, um, in design thinking, another tenant really is about failing fast. So being able to try something, fail, move on from it, learn what you absolutely can. And as much as you possibly can to be able to then make that next step a little bit wiser and a little bit, um, more in the right direction. Um, but not, you know, falling in love with your ideas too much, um, mm -hmm. that you can't move on and find a better one. Uh, so that's really kind of an interesting, 
addition to that mindset as well. Yeah, I, I like what that what you said there about failing fast because I think yeah. that we're so afraid to fail. Oh yeah. But the only way you can improve is to f- fail forward, and mm-hmm. that language is, is pretty common. But failing forward is the idea that you're able to take the learnings from what went well and what didn't go yeah. so well, and how you can make this better. We're always wanting to improve, and to fall in love with a way of doing something can get in the way of actually doing it the best way. Exactly. And, yeah. I mean, you look at some of the best inventors of our time and, you know, they talk about uh, how it's quantity and mm-hmm. quantity and quantity and quantity of ideas and testing and trying out before they actually got to one or two really amazing ones that they're super known for. So I think uh, Ben Franklin is known for that too. He had so many, and Thomas Edison, they had so many ideas and we know them for those couple of really, really famous ones. But behind that are thousands and thousands and thousands of failures. Um, but they just kept persevering and got to those really awesome ideas. So that's, I think, very inspiring. Oh, that's really cool. I wanted to ask you, so if people wanted to uh, do a workshop with you, design thinking workshop. I know you have your, your other business, yeah. which I think part of this is this aspect. Absolutely. How, how do they, you know, connect with you on that? Yeah. Or how, how do I, maybe you're it's still a good question. I'm still kind of growing that side yeah. of kind of yeah. what I offer. Um, I, I think if you're interested in that kind of thing, reaching out to me directly is okay. probably the best way. Yeah. Um, I love to say that I've got like a website all up and ready to go for that. I hope to in the future, but it's yeah. sort of on a case by case basis right now. Um, but you know, maybe we'll find a way to host one together or something. That's right. Who knows? Hey, I'm, <laughs> I'm all for that. We've actually yeah. talked about it for many, yeah. many years about doing something like that. Yeah, I The love challenge, that. Uh, I think as we, we were talking about it in the past was some of the the realities of where you were at work wise. Yeah. And now that that's changed in the sense totally. of, of some of that flexibility and freedom. I mean, I'm all, I'm game for that. Yeah, I'm game awesome. for, for doing something like that. Making things happen. is great. Hey, that's right. That's right. Right here on the podcast. Yes. We're striking up deals, ladies and gentlemen, we don't mess around. Who knew coming in here. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, so I, I did want to ask you, about why you started this company and, and what offerings do you provide? I know we kind of hit on some of that, sure. Um, but I, I, I wouldn't limit it in your answer to just what it is that the actual product is, sure. but also some of the other things you're hoping to do in the future as yeah. well. I think that's good for people to hear. Okay. So with the product with Zick Sticks, um, where that's kind of at right now is just growing um, in terms of offerings for not just individuals to you know, purchase sets for their, you know, their home to play around with their kids, whatever. Um, but working with a lot of really awesome organizations, uh, children's museums across the country, putting them into, uh, their exhibit floor, um, schools and really focusing on some interesting building and learning in the classroom. I think, uh, so much has gone to the way of tech, Uh, when it comes to kids' toys. And Mm. I think there's absolutely room for that and really exciting things. But I also think people are starting to see the importance of getting rid of that screen time um, and building with your hands again. And and there is something so great to accomplishing building Mm. something and feeling really proud of that um, structure that you created. And so that's definitely a fun aspect to this product. And I think it's it's kind of a spin on an old classic. A lot of people look at it and they are... uh, reminiscent of Lincoln Logs. And so I think this is sort of that modern twist on a you know a toy maybe many of us played with as kids, um, but this is kind of that new challenging addition to it. So I'm excited for the growth of, of that, um, but really see it as 
you know, just one avenue of entrepreneurship in my life, but I love the design thinking uh, workshops and and that part as well. Um, and really do see kind of the importance for, as you mentioned, empathy before, really the importance of empathy um, in everyday life. It's something I, you know, kind of put on my empathy cap every day um, when dealing with other people, with um, situations, my role in those situations, and being able to, I think, focus on that um, is something I'd love to do uh, moving forward in my life with entrepreneurship too. Yeah, that's really cool. Because I was going to say, as I've gotten to know you, I I notice how empathetic you are towards those around you you and, and the ability to to lean in and listen and to really engage. And and I also want to agree with you too on um, the screen time part. I do think in the world of all the the things that we have with technology, there is something missed about connecting with our hands, but even connecting with people around something like this, which I do think is a really beautiful prospect in this. And there, you know, there's study after study about correlation between anxiety and our constant, uh, not only need because of the addiction to our screens, mm-hmm. but not knowing how to do life apart from screens. So we don't know how to connect with other people. We don't know how to have conversations. They, they say that the, the, the age of, of students and, and children that grew up with this world of smartphones, you know, that when they went into college, uh, depression was already there yeah. like with prior to that, but it, Across universities, it went skyrocket. It skyrocketed with anxiety and depression because so much of what we need is connection. And while a screen can help us with with that to a degree, it's not the same thing as being able to look you across the room, eyeball to eyeball, and having a conversation and engaging in a project together because we all long for community. We all need that. And that is part of one of our basic needs and also speaks to the empathetic side of things too. So I, I think of just the, the profound impact this can have on people learning, but even connecting in different ways. Yeah. I think you hit so many amazing points there that I completely agree with. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, especially with college students, you mentioned, um, you know, something I struggled with when I was in college and, and at times still, you know, have a hard time with. And I think it's, it's also rampant through the entrepreneurial community across the world. You know, people are working really, really hard and struggling with a lot of anxiety and depression, um, while building their businesses. I mean, it's really, really well known that that is a, an area that many founders struggle with. Um, and I think, community you mentioned is so incredibly important and finding great communities that you can be vulnerable with, um, and share kind of that hard stuff that you're going through and not just have to sit with that on your own, um, is so, so profoundly impactful. Um, I found it through, you know, you and Riverbend and all the amazing community here, but also through an, an awesome program in Chicago that I've been a part of called future founders, where it's, you know, other young entrepreneurs that are running their businesses. And we have these awesome weekends that they put together and, um, these things called masterminds where we get in a circle and, you know, talk about the highs and lows of whatever it's been since the last time we've talked. Um, they have this really great tool called the feelings wheel, which I love working with. It's so, it's kind of a funny tool, but it really, makes us jump right into having those deep conversations Mm. and talking about, you know, what are you feeling right now in this moment and having lots of different words to be able to describe it. So are you feeling, you know, 
joy, optimism, you got that side of things. Are you feeling anxious? Are you feeling inadequate? There's so many great words um, that you can find off this wheel. And that I think really helps us connect quickly um, and is a really cool tool to have and drive that empathetic conversation. Um, Cause it, it does help so much when you know that you're not the only one that's, that's right. feeling those things. And, and I found just incredible community through that organization um, that I would say I credit so much to them of how I'm still running this business today um, because I've had the encouragement and the, the connection of that community uh, the last couple of years. So really, really thankful for them. Yeah. And I was going to say too, as we, we think about that, I think uh, we need places that are safe to talk about uh, the things that are going on, the pressures that we feel. The As I talk to entrepreneurship leaders or those who are leading in other fields or even those who are serving in a variety of ways, and even in my own experience, I think one of the, the one of the one of the most challenging parts of that is the pressure that comes along with that. The pressure yeah. to be able to deliver on said vision, the pressure to care for all the people that you're trying to care for, and, and for some of us, that yeah. means being able to make sure we're making enough revenue to actually take care of our overhead, provide not only for our yeah. family but for the families that are in that organization. And, and just wondering if we're going to make it, you know, and that, that pressure is very, very real. And I think vulnerability and transparency and empath, empathy is really important that we, we have not only uh, for others, but for ourselves, but then letting others do that for us. And mm-hmm. I think it takes courage to do that. Yeah. But I think um, depression is a very real thing in those fields and even outside of that, those realms as well. Yeah. And so I really want to encourage you uh, as you're listening to this podcast to think about who are you letting into those places? Who are those safe people? Uh, Shannon mentioned earlier about mentorship. Mentorship is really key. And I think we need all need mentors, but we also need to mentor others as well. Absolutely. Like, so we need to receive the gift of encouragement, but we also need to give the gift of encouragement. Mm-hmm. And that's how this idea of empathy starts to spread because an empathetic act really provides another empathetic act to be able to happen and yeah. somebody for somebody else to do that for somebody else who does that for somebody else. And then it catches on like yeah, wildfire. It's like a great ripple effect. Yeah. And I think that is so needed right now um, because I, I do believe the isolation is very real, mm-hmm. even though that everybody's hyper connected, they're hyper isolated. Yeah. And I, I do think sharing those burdens together helps to hear someone else's story. But hear me as I say this. I know that we want that, but it's not enough to want it. You have to have the courage to actually do it. Mm-hmm. And so if you're listening to this and you're struggling right now, pick up the phone yeah. and call a trusted friend. We seek out counsel from others who could walk with you to carry that burden. Absolutely. I mean, the closest friends in my life I talk to so ridiculously regularly. And I think, you know, we, we talk about how trust is the language of our friendship. Mm -hmm. And so being able to have those conversations and, um, I'm a, I'm very much an external processor. So when I, like, I want to talk through whatever it is I'm going through. Um, but sometimes it's really hard to admit Mm. kind of those, those darker parts of where you're at, um, to people because you want to be putting your best foot forward as much as you can, but having those people that you can confide in, um, who are, you know, it's a amazing, no judgment zone with my friends and, um, and that I know that they care about 
me um, deeply. And so that knowing that when I share that thing, they're not judging me for it, but they're there to help me um, and help me work through it and ask me really good questions. And that when they're going through something as well, that it's that listening, but also asking really good questions. Um, And, and not um, another thing, just thinking back to the masterminds, I was just talking about another really awesome part of that is we share a problem that we're going through. And the rule that they have is that um, there's no advice giving mm. when we talk about those problems. And mm. I use that now in my life all the time is it's not about advice giving. Right. Um, it's shared experiences and that's empathy hands down. I mean, it's, I went through this and this is what I did. Um, and this is where I see that maybe being helpful for you, so but good. not saying mm. you should do this or what you need to do is X, Y, Z, whatever. Um, but more about here's what I did when I went through something like that. And this is how I felt. And this is what worked, um, for me and take what you can from that. Um, and that I think has been the coolest (laughs) in, in the actual sessions. But also I think I use that all the time now, um, without even necessarily thinking through it fully. Um, but kind of sharing experiences and I think asking really good questions that help the person kind of figure it out for themselves, um, is really a key part of it too. I think that that is so important. This advice, uh, giving is something that often hinders, I think, uh, vulnerability and empathy to, to take place for some other people because we're so solution oriented. And if you're a leader, that is one of of the reasons you're a leader. You want to solve the problem. Uh, Yeah. I know that that's one of my, my go-tos is Mm -hmm. I want to solve, but I've had to learn over the years the power of asking good questions and allowing people to wrestle with it on their own Mm -hmm. while still walking with them and not trying to solve it for them because self-discovery is a beautiful gift. Absolutely. Because when self-discovery happens, then self-knowledge begins to take place as well. And we start being able to understand why we're thinking the way we're thinking, what it is that makes us be anxious about said thing or or those struggles. And, And I think it's really important too for us who are performers and achievers and about success, not to ever forget that as great as the thing we're accomplishing, and those things are important, man, what, what we do is really important, but who we're becoming is even more important. Yeah. And I think one of the challenges for, for us to be vulnerable and transparent is, first of all, we got to make sure that people are trustworthy. So this is not a... Everybody right. is let in. That's not right. what we're yeah. saying. And we're yeah. not, that's called Facebook. We don't, we don't right. talk about that, right? Where, yeah. where you share everything. But we right. are talking about these safe people that we can share our stories with. Yeah. And then also to receive the message that it's okay not to be okay, yeah. but it's not okay to stay that way. And, and what I mean by that is that we're going to work through that. We're going to work through that process and allow others into said area of life that's a struggle. But I, I think so many times we want to project strength when really in the inside we're dying. And I know for myself, that's been a real uh, learning and, and growing. And, and some of that is personality type, gift mix, personal experiences. If you have abandonment in your background, that is really challenging to do because uh, there's been a lot of trust that's been broken. Yeah, And it's also what makes you really good, like this design thinking. So you are able to creatively think through this problem, Mm -hmm. but really a lot of what we're talking about, the emotional part of your life 
yeah. that's not something that you can creatively like avoid. You can for a, for a while, but right. eventually it catches up with you. Well, and also not everything yeah. is a problem that needs to be solved that's right. too. And I think to sometimes, managed, right? yeah. And I think you're mm-hmm. right that, you know, sometimes not wanting the advice piece does hold us back from wanting to share. Yeah. And so I think, and, and I also think that in the entrepreneurship world yeah. too, we see so many people that are, you know, it's that other side of things where it's the like fake it till you make it. Right. And you know, you're putting your, you're, you're pitching your business. Of course you're going to put the best, um, stuff that you can out there to the world, but that can also be so hard when mm-hmm. you, you know, cause it can feel so false. That's and right. that's an area that I've struggled with when it comes to entrepreneurship that I want to be as authentic as, per, as possible. Um, but you know, and it's not that you're not being authentic, but it is sort of this weird balance of how do I put the the vision forward, but also kind of back that up with what's actual and, and in reality. And so I think that's sometimes where entrepreneurs really struggle with, you know, being their best self, but also being their vulnerable self. And yeah. when those are different, that can be really difficult. Well, um, I've heard it said too, to know the difference between being vulnerable and being exposed. Yeah. Our friend Beth Ann Miller talks about this often and vulnerability is being the true self. So everyone wants to follow the person who's able to be aware of who they are and has a knowledge of themselves and who is real. Mm-hmm. So don't be anybody else because everybody else is already taken, right? Be you, yeah. right? Be the original you. And part of that is to be integrated to who you are as a person and to know that you can put your, your best foot forward, but part of putting your best foot forward is being your authentic self. Exactly. And I yeah. think sometimes we, we put those against each other Exactly. when actually they, they work together. We're actually, an yeah. inter- we're meant to be an integrated person. And I think on the other side of that, I don't think this means you exposed every secret from the front or no, everything yeah. that's gone on in your life. But that I, doesn't feel good. That's yeah. right. <laughs> but I do think people connect with yeah. vulnerability and, and yeah. Brene Brown. Keep it real. Who, yeah. yeah. Brene Brown, who we are big fans of. Oh yeah. Have her book you know, in my bag sitting next right, to me. <laughs> that's right. She, you know, the power of vulnerability. Yeah. The people who connect with us are going to connect with stories that we tell about times in our life which were really difficult and really challenging Mm -hmm. and how we had to work through the process and the tensions that we still manage, you know, whether that's uh, losing a loved one or whether that's abandonment issues and we've had to overcome them or whether that's a failing that's happened within our organization and our Mm -hmm. company and how we fell forward as we learned from that, as hard as that was and to process those things, people can rally around that. Because that's the human experience. Yeah. And when you have your best foot forward, and I'm putting that in air quotes, <laughs> and best foot forward means the perfect version of yourself, no one can relate to that because that's unattainable. Right. No one can attain that level, and including yeah. yourself, including myself. You know, yeah. we, we're not meant to to live that type of life. We can't attain yeah. that that level. And really that puts a lot of pressure on ourselves, but even the pressure on the people that we're, we're working with and, and connecting with Completely. as well. And that wraps back around to what you were talking about before with the, the, we're so connected, but also so isolated because yeah. I mean, exactly what you just described is social media, people putting their best self forward, putting, you know, that highlight reel of their life. And I'm guilty of this myself, you know, putting the, the best stuff out there on a post that I post every couple of weeks or whatever it is of the, the best things, um, you know, and not posting that day that I 
feel awful about myself because I didn't get anything done that I wanted to get done and checked one thing off my to-do list maybe that day, right? (laughs) And I'm not posting about that and, you know, and maybe I should, but that's, you know, that's not what it's for. I don't know. It's it's this very (laughs) complicated thing. And and, and so we're seeing that and spending so much time looking at the highlight reels of everybody else's life and that, that comparison part is so tough and can be, you know, just so like wrecking to your motivation, I think too. Um, when you see the bright, shiny lives of everybody else around you. Um, so I think that's also a a tough one to work with. We've talked about this before too, you and I, but just this, the FOMO part, the fear of missing out. Yeah. And there's a pastor that coined the phrase FOSO, the fear of squandering opportunities Mm. instead of doing FOMO, to embrace a uh, FOSO. So John Tyson talks about that. And, and one of the things that, as I think about that for us, the, the highlight reels or, you know, those moments that are not our best moments. I think the way we have to reconcile that is to understand we have a race that we're meant to run mm. and to run it well and to help others run their race well, to celebrate mm-hmm. where they are and celebrate where we are and where we're going and how yeah. far we've gone. I think so many times we're looking at someone who's probably 10 to 15 to 20 years ahead of us sure. and wondering why I'm not there. Maybe they're maybe they're not there in a years uh, in the sense of that, that length of time, but maybe there were circumstances that allowed them to get where they are. And instead yeah. of being envious of that, we can celebrate that and we can mm-hmm. celebrate our own story too. Hey, the things we've overcome, the things that we've been able to be a part of, the things that we're um, not only able to be a part of, but the ways in which we have become the more uh, truer version of ourselves, right? The, yeah. the goal is not to be the false self, but the true self, right? And, yeah. and we want to be, you know, what, you know, instead of Jesus, that in Jesus, that we're throwing off this false self and we're becoming the true self that mm-hmm. is found in him and what he has for our lives. So I think if we can get in that mindset shift of saying, hey, I'm celebrating your race and where you are, but I'm also celebrating my race. I don't need to poo-poo on your calling, (laughs) and I don't need to poo-poo on my calling, thinking that it's lesser. No, it's just different, Mm -hmm. and it's okay. Let's let's run in our lanes, and let's cheer each other on, versus thinking that we're competitors. I've seen recently, too, which that makes me think of, is uh, a lot of different kind of entrepreneurial groups are talking about the concept of uh, community over competition. That's right. And I think that's so much what you're describing is that there's room for all of us. That's there's right. room for so many you know different people to be doing these great things that encouraging, which you're so great at encouraging others. Hmm. Um, and so I think that I learned from you on ways to encourage others, um, hmm. whether it's in their business or just like life in general, whatever it is that, you know, being able to share that encouragement and not feeling so competitive about where we're all at and I need to be, you know, ahead of you or whatever it is. Um, but that there's kind of room to bring us all up together. Um, and that's, I think an exciting way to look at it. Yeah. I think compassion, uh, competition, uh, brings out the worst in us. Mm. Whereas I think collaboration brings out the best in us. Yeah. So competition is like me versus you. Mm-hmm. Like that's actually the game we're playing when really that's not the game we're playing. Yeah. Hey, how can I work with Cause that you? means there has to be some way to win. That's right. And yeah. I get it because I'm a success oriented person and achiever yeah. and I, I want to accomplish. Very competitive. Yeah. But Terry Crews said it well in the Tim Ferriss interview that he was on. And, and he talked about when that mindset shift happened for him and he saw not seeing the people that, whether it's in his field or the type of work he was doing as competition, but mm-hmm. people to collaborate with. 
that's when the best work emerged yeah. for him and for others, because then you're able to actually create yep. because you're not wasting energy on looking over your shoulder and wondering why this person's doing this mm-hmm. thing, but rather you're able to say, Hey, I'm celebrating with what this business is doing. And in, in your case, or yeah. for me, Hey, what this church is doing, I don't, I don't need to compete with any of the churches in our area. We're cheering them on. Yeah, like, we're absolutely. on the same team. I'm, I'm learning from them. I'm benefiting from uh, sitting down with them and to understand what they've learned over the years. Yeah. And so there's a real power shift in, in our own minds and hearts when we can get past the competition and move towards collaboration because mm-hmm. collaboration is when the best ideas, the most creative ideas emerge. Completely. And that's what allows us to do what we're doing. Absolutely. Yeah. I think com- could not agree more. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to ask you, speaking of, uh, collaborating, creating, what do you think hinders people from actually launching out and starting something? Hmm. And, and again, this isn't limited, as it's you a said, really good question. Yeah. To, to just the, the company idea sure. though that is clearly one part of, of it. You know, there's other areas in our lives that we're just afraid to launch out of, but what are some of the reasons you think people have given you for, for not, or what are some of the reasons in your own life yeah. that you're like, you know what? Oh, I'm not so sure. I, you know, I'm, I'm able to launch out. What were some of those things that you've heard or, or done, seen in your own life as well? Yeah. You know, it's a really great question. I think it can be different for a lot of different people. I think in my own experience, um, the perfectionism hmm. piece, um, is a thing that has held me back at times. Um, so wanting it to be perfect and ready, I think the word ready is one that, um, I've tried to almost remove from my vocabulary in some That's ways right. is that you do it before you're ready. Hmm. Um, and I think that has been something that I've held true, um, in many of the different inflection points of my life of launching my business, you know, doing it before just when you're a little bit uncomfortable, um, and doing it before you're ready, because you'll never actually be fully ready. Mm. It will never be perfect. Um, but that shouldn't hold you back from starting it. And that was really hard for me, um, to say, you know, I'm, I'm putting this thing that isn't everything I want it to be in more. Um, but I'm putting it out into the world. And and that kind of goes back to that failing fast thing. Um, and failing fast doesn't mean failing completely. It might be failing a little piece of whatever it is and learning from that. Um, but kind of doing it before you're ready has been an area that I've tried to, to go into because I think that holds us back some. Um, and I, I think also the, the other piece too is, you know, when you have an idea, I've got books full of ideas. Um, but you know, thinking that it's going to take so, so much to ever see if that idea is ever worthwhile, but kind of those little mini prototypes or tests of those ideas can sort of help you identify what the next step might be. So kind of breaking it down into baby steps, Mm. um, might help get started a little bit differently. Um, but yeah, it takes a lot of courage definitely to, jump into something new, um, to push a boundary, to push outside the box a little bit. Um, and so I think that sometimes can hold us back, but I don't know. I'm sometimes you just have to let go of that fear and just jump in. Yeah. I was going to say too, I think one of those fears, uh, whether it's being ready, I think that can be in the sense of the perfectionism, but also in the other way of, um, that can be a re, uh, that can be an excuse in some ways because we're just using it as a way to to not acknowledge that we're afraid of what others are going to think about this. Yeah. 
And I think that's one of the challenges too. I know for me, even when, as we launch out things, even this podcast, Hey, is this really necessary? What are people going to think? What if, yeah. you know, all the what ifs start to overshadow actually what is like, mm-hmm. this is something I feel led to do. And I see so many great things happening around me. How do I, we get this out? How do we yeah. get, how do we broadcast this so people can get in on the ground level and to have things that would add value into their lives? And so I think that's one of the other things that we're so afraid of what others are going to think yeah. that we're afraid to even launch out at times. Yeah. I mean, I still struggle with that all the time. Uh, well, I, mean, I think that's part of the tension, sure. right? Yeah. I, I don't, I I don't mean, think it goes away. I don't yeah. think we're going to be like, oh, you know, I don't care what anybody thinks. No. Yeah. I mean, I think that there's a human element to that. I think it's yeah. just re- remembering that there's a difference between being ready and whether somebody is going to latch on or, you know, what others are going to think about it and also being uh, prepared and planning and praying it through. So we, those two, those things are are different. So we want to encourage you and I know Shannon well enough to prepare, to prepare, to to get prepared for what it is that Mm -hmm. you're doing. And that's, there's a lot of ways you can do that, you know, prototypes and, and then also planning. What's the game plan around this? I know that we had a whiteboard session at my house around planning about the things that you're doing. We've, we're doing that right now, you know, within our, our church and, and really in my own life as well. And then, uh, you know, praying it through throughout that whole process yeah. of like, hey, God, I'm asking you to lead me through this. I want your yeah. ways and your timing. I want to follow what um, your steps for my life are. I want to join you and do it exactly how you've asked me to do it Absolutely. when you've asked me to do it. And again, that's different than being ready or perfectionism. Yeah. This is about it's just, calculated risk. That's right. Yeah. So it's not just risky and just jump in for it and doing whatever mm-hmm. and just kind of seeing what happens and not thinking through it. I think that's very different and um and just kind of jump in and and commit, but be open to it change the the plan changing as you go a that's little right. bit too. That's so right. it's like calculated risk but also flexible game plan. <laughs> that's right. And I think that's another form of perfectionism, right? Like, yeah. like Hey, I'm holding on. And we know we mentioned this earlier in the podcast to this way. Mm-hmm. And that actually gets in the way of innovation. Yeah. Hey, we, what are my learnings here that I need to take from this? Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you too. So speaking of people being, you know, afraid maybe to launch out, what are a couple of steps you'd recommend taking if you're interested in pursuing the entrepreneurship path. What are some of the steps that you would recommend? And I know we've Mm. talked about a lot of things that may be already like the design thinking, which really I think could be a way of just having a mindset shift as well. Um, and, and really helping yourself to think about the different uh, ideas and concepts that may be coming across your mind, but what are some things that you would maybe suggest in that? Ooh, I don't think I've been asked that before. That's a good one. Um, well, thank you. So I think <laughs> I think what immediately comes to mind, I'll just go with that, is you know we kind of imagine these like inventors or entrepreneurs as like I come up with this idea and I'm like tinkering in my basement and not telling anyone until I've got it ready. And I would say kind of the opposite of that um, from my own experience is go talk to people, mm-hmm. go kind of do that empathy step, go you know see and it's not of hey this is my idea do you like it but Hmm. let me learn more about this problem that i want to solve so if there's an idea that you have kind of really think about what problem it solves for people is it a is it is it a problem that people care about needing to be solved you know is it um something that like learn everything fall in love with the problem and you know really jump into what is that problem 
um, what are all the different aspects to it? And, and that I think being more important than what maybe your idea or your solution is. Um, because when you start learning about what people see as it relates to that problem you want to solve, you're going to learn more about what that solution might need to be. Um, so I would say if there's an area that you think you're, you're interested in or something you want to kind of pursue that falling in love with that problem and really focusing in on it, um, to think of all the different ways you might be able to solve it before jumping right to a solution would be my recommendation. Yeah. I think that is right on. I think too, a problem can become another word for that. A problem can become your burden, the burden Mm. that leads you and guides you and ignites Mm -hmm. you. So to fall in love with the problem is actually to let this burden direct your steps. Yeah. That's how fresh visions come. And then I would say even too, and we've talked about this, even if you're not going to be someone who starts something, here's something that you can do to be able to think like an entrepreneur within whatever spheres you're in to think of a person who not only sees problems, but see solutions. Mm-hmm. So right now we're in a culture that can identify problems. Yeah. There's not a shortage of people that tells you, tell you the problems. Yeah. But we do have a shortage of people who are coming up with creative solutions. Yeah. There's a student quote um, at Lehigh that I've always loved. Her name is Hannah Broski. And she said when she learned about entrepreneurship, she you know, said, I used to see all these problems and say, hey, there's this problem. Somebody should do something about it. But entrepreneurship is seeing a problem and saying, I see that problem and I'm going to do something about it. And I just, I get goosebumps even thinking about that because I think that is so spot on um, to what the world needs right now is not just seeing problems and complaining, but seeing problems and saying, okay, what are we going to do? How are we going to, you know, make this different and not be a problem anymore. Um, and I think that's the entrepreneurial mindset in action. Yeah. Can you imagine just for a moment <laughs> going to your boss and saying to your boss, Hey, I've recognized this problem. Here are three solutions that I think yeah. may help us mm-hmm. and to, to begin to initiate in that way, Yeah. to think in an innovative way. Can you imagine going to your friends or, or family members and there's this ongoing problem that you're seeing and saying, Hey, I have some ideas and how we could potentially attack this. Yeah. Here, here's some things I'm thinking about. Wow. That is such a, a breath of fresh air. And as a mm-hmm. founder and a point leader, I want to tell you the things that help me the most, the things that energize me are not just people who can identify problems, but people who can identify solutions as well, mm-hmm. who can help carry the burden because yeah. we're very aware of a lot of the problems. Like no one has to come to Joe Velarde and say, mm-hmm. Hey man, we got so many problems here at the church. And <laughs> I'm very aware yeah. <laughs> that there are a lot of problems. And not that I don't want to hear that, but I, I want us to all think about, Hey, are, are we people who are moving from just seeing problems to seeing solutions and not saying, Hey, yeah. someone should do something about this versus saying, Hey, no, I should do something about it. And yeah. I can and do I'm something about it. Yeah. I'm going to take yeah. initiative in this. And I think to add to that too, is why you think that solution might work before right. even just saying, this is what we should do, but saying, here's the problem. Here's the mm-hmm. problem maybe broken down in a few ways to get to the root of it. And then here are how some solutions might address those problems. Oh, so and I think that is that extra step to say, and here's why, you know, here's why the solution I think might work. Um, but again, going back to all the things we talked about is being open to your boss saying, actually we've tried that and that didn't work for these reasons. Um, or, 
you know, even taking it another step forward and saying, okay, here's a solution I, I have, and here's a way I think we could test out if it works. So kind of jumping to that prototype and test side. So, you know, here's this problem, and I think that doing this could change it, and here's how I think we could try it this week. Um, and, and here's how I know if it will work or not. Here's the test that we're going to do to find out if it works or not. Like that's those extra couple of steps even after that, um, that I think could make a huge difference in really getting at that problem. Well, that's really good. And I, I would say that as you think about being a, a problem solver, I think it's so important to understand why something's happening the, the way it's happening and then to get at the potential uh, hows of how you're going to deal with yep. said problem and why, yeah. you know, to be able to answer those things and, and to be open. Like, Hey, you may have a, a different way of looking at this or, Hey, we can test it. I love all those things. Cause I yeah. think that that is spot on and allows us to actually continue to innovate and to create the best solution going forward. Mm-hmm. And we can all do this. This is what's beautiful about this. This isn't limited oh, yeah. to some elite entrepreneurship Not type of people. All. I mean, anyone. <laughs> but we, can, yeah. we can all do this. And yeah. one of the things uh, I appreciate about you, Shannon, too, is uh, your focus on design thinking, because you always remind me, because I'm such a, I see a problem and then I spring to action as mm-hmm. our fearless producer, uh, <laughs> fellow coworker, Pastor Chris would say to me, you know, you're a to Z kind of guy. So I can see, but that process is so, so important. And I love how you just even continually uh, remind people about that. But then the other thing I appreciate about you is how you seek to empower women as much as you can. And I know that you're just kind of getting things going and ramping yeah. back up. And when I say get things going, that now this is, you know, where you're looking to make your livelihood and yeah. you're, you're really working through these different fields. So can you tell us how you're, you're looking to empower women? What are some of the things you've done yeah, in, in that I think area? So much of that passion comes from people mm-hmm. who have helped me mm-hmm. um, and paved the way for me. And so I've had some incredible mentors, um, in my life, um, women and men, but I think, yeah. um, in entrepreneurship, there is, a lot less women founders. Mm. Um, I also had an engineering degree and there's a lot less women there too. So I've kind of been in these spaces, um, where I think, you know, being able to kind of pave the way a little Mm. bit and, um, encourage and, and bring people on board, um, where I can. So, um, you know, that's what people have done for me. And so wanting to be able to do that as much as I can for others, um, is something I just enjoy doing. Um, and also just bringing people on board. Like I said, it's always fun to have a team, um, and people that are kind of in it with you. Uh, and so that's been something I've enjoyed. I've brought, you know, a couple people to a couple, uh, female students to a trade show with me. Uh, you know, I've, done some different things and it's always a, a good time. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. I was going to say too, what are some of the challenges being a, a woman in that field and in that industry? Uh, you yeah. know, what, what are some of those challenges or difficulties? Um, I mean, I think there's a lot that you can read about, of course. Yeah. Um, and, and ones I have, I think, um, I think sometimes, you know, I can really only speak to myself. I think sometimes I just get in my own way a little mm. bit. And, and I think about how, um, I think the self image part sometimes gets gets in the way a little bit. I get scared of what people are going to think. Um, I think there's now, I think there's some really amazing, uh, women entrepreneurs out there that I look up to so much. Um, and that has really helped. Um, but I think, you know, 
it's tough. I haven't, I wouldn't say I've had like very specific bad things happen or challenges or anything like that. I've really been, um, which is a great thing. You know, I don't want (laughs) to like, no, I I, think it's awesome. Um, yeah, but I think in the world, I think there's a lot of challenges that, I mean, women, you know, get less investment dollars. That's well known. I think there's a lot of, um, kind of things in the world right now, um, around, you know, empowering women to own companies. And I think that's really an exciting thing and it's an exciting community to be a part of. Um, and so, yeah, I think the power of women building each other up is, you know, really been impactful for me. So if you could say anything to some female entrepreneurs or just women in general, and what, what are some words that you would want to have heard or have heard? that really spoke life to you in your own journey? Um, no pressure. (laughs) Um, I think just the things that have been awesome that people have said to me are just, just encouraging other people. And, you know, sometimes that I, like I said before, can be, kind of the thing that's standing in my own way mm-hmm. more than any anybody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so having people that can kind of help you reflect on what you've done. I think I've sometimes forgotten and, and stopped myself from not stop myself, but I haven't spent enough time necessarily celebrating the wins that I've had because I'm always just on to the next thing and the yeah. next important, you know, milestone or whatever it is. But having people that want to celebrate kind of those wins with you, um, has been really helpful for me. Um, and then I would say to other people, I mean, so many things, but find your people that can help cheer you on. Um, cause I would definitely not be where I am now without some of those really key people that I can share the bad stuff with, but also can share in the great stuff. Right. You know, I've had my best friends, helping me out. Um, actually that's a really good thing to say is that be willing to take help from people. Um, that was something I've really struggled with actually, um, early on. Um, I wanted to just do it all myself because I wanted to like prove it to myself or others, whatever it was. Um, but being able to kind of open up to people helping you out, whether that's, you know, making tacos for people who are going to help package sticks in bags <laughs> or whatever, which I've done. Um, but being well, like able to have people come and help you out, um, cause they want to, Sorry. um, and let them in. And I think, you know, that's where the empathy piece comes back to. Cause I, I would think about it and say, well, if they were doing this, I would be totally there helping. So why not let them help me? Um, and that I think is an area that maybe, I think a lot of people struggle with, but maybe women, especially, um, mm-hmm. sometimes have a hard time letting people help. Um, cause you kind of want to just do it all yourself. Um, so maybe that, no, I think those are, those are really good. And I was going to say, I think it's important for us all to reflect on our journey. And so one of the things I would encourage you to think about doing is to write out, um, a one page document as if you were giving a potential a person that's looking to interview you, some of the things you've done, maybe mm. things you've written, jobs you've had yeah impacts that you've made i, I recently had to do this n- mm-hmm. not because i'm interviewing for a job by the way <laughs> yeah. but someone was just asking for my bio so I, yeah. I really would encourage you to think about coming up with your own bio to remind yourself of all the things that you were able to accomplish but also the other part of this is to take your own advice so mm-hmm. the advice i would give to other people 
is so hard at times for me to take for myself. Yeah. Um, like Same. for example, <laughs> you know what Shannon said about receiving help and saying, Hey, you know what? I can't do it alone. Mm-hmm. Anything great that's going to happen. First of all, we don't become the person that we are on our own, nor do we sustain where we're going on our own. Yeah. We need others and we're meant to collaborate, not just in the entrepreneur circles of, Hey, I'm not going to compete against this person, but also in, to see the idea come to fruition. We need to collaborate with people that are going to be here to help us. And that takes vulnerability mm-hmm. that that takes being our authentic self yeah. to do this. And so I commend you even just for the thoughts you, you had there, because I think they are really Thank impactful you. for people to consider. So if people want to connect with you and to learn more about your company and how to, to really uh, further uh, understanding what it is you do or want to maybe purchase them yeah. or learn even more about what's going on, where do, where do they find you and sure. where can they connect with you? Yeah. Um, so if you're interested in connecting with me, uh, my email is shannon at buildzyx.com. Feel free to reach out. Love getting emails from people. Love talking to people. Um, if you have ideas you want to bounce around, whatever it is, um, please reach out. Love that. Um, and then the company itself is buildzyx.com. So buildzix.com. And that's the Zixtix website. Um, there are, you know, you can see the product. You can check it out. Um, and then also for listeners of the podcast, uh, doing a promo code Vision for the Valley at checkout will get you 20% off your wow. order. So really if you. you are interested in that, um, you know, that's something I want to do for the great listeners of this awesome podcast. Um, but also if you're, you know, a teacher or somebody um, who's interested in maybe even bringing these to your classroom, again, just reach out to me directly through my email um, and would love to, like we said, collaborate, connect, um, and maybe think of cool ways to, to work together. Yeah. Well, Shannon, it has been so fun having you on the Vision for the Valley podcast. We are so proud of you. Thank you. We believe in you. And we know that uh, the work you're doing is important and meaningful and significant. And as important as that work is, how much more important it is who you are and who you're becoming. And man, we're just, we're so proud of you, girl. Thank you so much. We're we're big fans of Shannon Varco. Make sure you connect with (laughs) Shannon and again, bring her product to your school and to other people uh, that you're working with. And and the design thinking stuff too. Um, Yeah. I was going to say that same email for that. I mean, you're getting me either way. So, um, you know, if anyone's interested in learning more about that or, you know, working together on a workshop, whatever that might be, would absolutely love um, to be a part of that too. Yeah. And in the near future, uh, design thinking workshop, uh, we we at vision for the Valley are going to be working with Shannon, on coming up with a date for we're making that happen yeah Yeah. we've been talking about for a long time but we're going to make that happen yeah as well so be on the lookout for that and again thanks for listening in to vision for the valley podcast thanks for joining us for the vision for the valley podcast we'd love to connect with you and to hear from you you can find us on social media at vision for the valley podcast or you can email us at vision for the valley podcast at gmail.com 